Hey there, I'm Julie, and this is the Married to Addiction podcast. If you're here, then you're probably what I call my secret sister. We're in a situation we never asked to be in and fighting a battle we never wanted to fight. We're faith-filled women who are married to an alcoholic, and it affects every inch of our lives. If that sounds like you, then this is a safe place for you to land. Married to Addiction is a faith-based podcast where I help you find the tools and strength you need to navigate your husband's addiction without losing yourself in the process. So please subscribe and tune in as often as you can, because your husband's recovery is important, but so is yours. Hey, I just wanted to read you a couple of things before we get started with today's episode. And this is not in any way, shape, or form meant to be bragging, but I just want to share this with you because I really think that it could give you some hope. These are a couple of the testimonials from members who are in my membership for Wives of Alcoholics called the Secret Sister Circle. The first says, I am so glad God called you into this ministry because I know it's what helped me and ultimately helped my husband. I'm in such a better place now than last year when I joined. This one says, even though things don't look good at the moment, I now know that I will not only survive, but I will thrive. This is the first time I have felt hope about life in general. I was scared, but now I have lots of growing with the assignments you have created to help other people on their walk. I will be forever blessed that you listen to the call of God. And this last one says, I'm so glad the Lord sent me this group to take this journey with. Julie, your ministry is such a God-giving gift to us. His hands are all over it. Again, thanks for all the hard work you put in to make sure we're okay. So I want you to know that I created this membership for you because I thought back to what I needed when I was going through this myself, when my husband was deep in addiction. What did I need? What did I look for and couldn't find? That's what's in this membership. So I hope that you will take a minute to check it out at some point today. If you haven't already, you can find it on my website, marriedtoaddiction.com. Just look for the Get Help drop down, and you'll see Secret Sisters membership right there. I would love to have you join us there. Hello, and welcome to episode 40 of the Married to Addiction podcast. This is actually the last episode in the second season, so we'll be starting the third season coming up with the next episode. But today, I hope that this will be really helpful for you because we're going to be talking about five steps to exiting the whirlwind of chaos. And if you are anything like me as the wife of an alcoholic, your life feels like nothing but chaos. I remember just always being in panic mode. Either things were really bad and I was freaking out because of that, or things were a little bit calm and I was just waiting for the shoe to drop, right? Just waiting for the next thing, like completely always felt like I was just braced for for the next bad thing that was going to happen. And that is such a hard way to live. It affects the entirety of your life, not just your relationship with your husband, but for me and maybe for you as well, it affected my relationship with my children. It affected my performance at my job. It affected my health. You've talked about or you've heard me talk about being covered in hives for months and then realizing when my husband went to treatment and you know was in recovery, they just completely went away. It was all stress-induced. So I know that was awful for my heart. It was awful for my mental um, health, just everything. So being in that position is so incredibly difficult and going through your life like that is just, is the hardest thing I've ever gone through. And you know what? That's not how God wants us to live regardless of our circumstances. So today I want to give you five steps to getting away from that, to not 
living that way, to not feeling that way, to not suffering in that way, to to be able to to rise above it in spite of what your husband is doing. And I know that that sounds impossible, but I promise you it's not. So let's talk about these five things. The first one, and I know you've heard this before, is detaching. I'm sure that you have heard if you've ever been to an Al-Anon meeting or really ever just done any any reading at all about being the wife of an alcoholic, you've heard this word, right? Detaching. And you usually hear uh, with love after it, detaching with love. And I remember being so confused by this when my husband was deep in addiction. I was like, how, first of all, why would I want to detach from him right now? He clearly needs me. He's going through it, right? And the second thing I was thinking is how in the world do I detach from him? Like we're still married. We're living in the same house. Like he's still the father of, of my kids. It's just like, I, f- I remember feeling, how is that even possible? Like it didn't make sense to me. So the first thing that I want you to know is that you're not detaching from the person. You're detaching from the addiction. So we get, when we are, when we are in this place, a lot of times we get addicted to the addiction, really. I remember that was all I thought about was his addiction. And oh my gosh, has he, has he been drinking? And, you know, I better search through his things and I better follow him. Or I better A, B, C, D, whatever. I was so attached to the addiction that it was ruling my life. And so what that what happens when we're in that place is we are constantly being pulled under by the addiction and its effects and we are 1,000% stuck because if that is our focus, unless and until our husband gets sober, that's where we will stay. And for some of us, it takes quite a while for them to get sober. And, you know, maybe maybe they won't. I mean, I, you hear, have heard me say before, I don't know whether your husband is going to get sober. I don't even know if my husband is going to stay sober. And it's been five years. But the fact of the matter is, is that if that is your only focus or your main focus in your life right now, you are stuck. And until you get out from under being attached and consumed by that addiction, you're going to stay there. One of the things that I think is so important to realize is that being in that position where you are basically addicted to the addiction and fixated on it is it doesn't change anything. A lot of us learn this the hard way, right? All of the threatening and ultimatums and checking up on him and making demands and making him feel guilty and going through his stuff, like uh, that never, in my situation at least, and in pretty much every other situation of women that I work with, that's never been what has caused their husband to be like, you know, you're right. And if it does, if they get so tired of just being, um, you know, followed and and uh, inter- interrogated and all of those things, and they they just break down finally, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I can't take this anymore." Fine, I'll go. I'll go to treatment, and they do it for you. That's not how you want to get them there, because it's probably not going to be a long term solution. They have to go for them. So doing all of these things when you are addicted to the addiction is changing nothing except how you feel. It's only changing how you are going through this. It's not changing anything else except maybe potentially for the worse because now you just are, you know, constantly on the struggle bus. 
So that is really something to remember. Write it down, maybe. Put it as a note in your phone. It changing changes nothing except how you feel. If you think about your husband's addiction more than you think about anything else, then it is critical that you learn to detach from that addiction ASAP. The second one, so the first one, detach, obviously. The second one, learn. Learn what is your part in this and what is God, God's part in this. Now you're probably thinking, what is my part in this? You just told me that I needed to leave it alone. That's true. Your part is not fixing the addiction. You need to learn what your part is, and then you need to stay in your lane, as they say in, in, Al, in Al-Anon. Stay in your lane. Only concentrate on your part. For us, it's important as Christians that we also realize that the other part of it is God's part. So what do I mean by that? Well, we were not put here, excuse me, on this earth, sorry, to fix people. We were not put here to, um, you know, to, to take care of everything that's wrong with everybody else and to make sure that everybody's doing things how we want them to do it and to fix them if we perceive that they're broken or whatever the case. That is God's job. God made that person and he is far more qualified than we are to work in that person's life. If we continue to try to run interference and to try to fix them, we're getting in his way. I, or I know looking back, I can see so many times where I just, you know, tried to take my hands off the wheel for a second. And then when it wasn't moving fast enough or it wasn't going the way that I thought it should go, I jumped right back in. And now that I look back, I'm sure that God, there was a lot of times where he was trying to start moving in my husband's life and he was trying to get him where he was trying to take him. And then I jumped in and got fully in the way and God was probably like, okay, well, that's not going to work now. Let's try this. And so our job is, is really to stay out of the way. And how do we stay out of God's way? By staying in our lane and by working on what our part is. So what is our part? Our job is to do what God wants us to do to work on ourselves, to change the things we can't change. Because guess what? You can't change another person. You can't. They might appease you by doing what they think that you want them to do, but we cannot change other people. We can't control other people. We can't fix other people. God's job, all of that. So we can only change the things that we can change, which is our, which is us, which is our part in this, right? Then we have to count on God to do the rest. So you learn what is your part, you learn what is God's part, and then you stay on your side. Number three is lean. Lean into the Lord. And I know that that might feel hard for you right now. I had a lot of anger towards God when I was in the position of my husband being, you know, completely addicted and our life was just in a shambles and I didn't understand it and I was mad for a while. So I understand that if you are in that same position, that might feel hard right now. But the bottom line is that we weren't meant to do this alone. As Christians, one of the very biggest benefits of having a relationship with the Lord is being able to turn over these huge, difficult Um, insurmountable burdens to him. And going through this situation is going to feel so much harder 
if you're trying to do this on your own. It is, it's impossible. We can't do this on our own. It will take us down and pull us under with it. So now not only is your husband, your husband's life being brought down, you know, and into a pit, so is yours. And then that ripples out to our kids and other people in our lives. If you're trying to do this by yourself, you are just making it a thousand times harder. And it's already really hard, but it's a thousand times harder if you're trying to do it alone. Learning to trust and learning to give that over and learning to just really have faith that God is working on his part of it, even if you can't see it, is absolutely critical to get you out of this life of chaos that you're currently experiencing. The next thing is something that you may not have thought of, but it's pretty important. Declutter. What do I mean by that? Not your house. Declutter your world. Declutter your life. Declutter all the things that are coming at you all the time. So what does that look like? That looks like unfollowing on social media, unsubscribing from email, leaving groups on Facebook that don't serve you in a positive way. Anything that is just coming at you and filling your head with any sort of distraction, negativity, um, comparison that's making you feel bad, any of that has got to go. You got to get rid of that right now because you need to make space for taking care of yourself and protecting your mental health. And all of those things constantly coming at you can really do you a disservice if you, if you stay in that place. There are so many groups on Facebook that I have seen or pages that I have seen around having an addicted spouse or just alcoholism in general that are so negative. It's this constant, um, just this constant barrage of just negativity and doom and gloom and just that is so bad for our spirit. And while I get how, you know, it's important to see that other people are going through these things, you really need to decide, is that giving you more peace ultimately? Or is everything that you're seeing coming in front of you because of all these things that are being talked about giving you less peace? So that's a decision that you need to make. And you need to really take a look at whatever is in your world that is not serving you in a positive way. So you need to decide what that is and then you need to get rid of it. Reduce your schedule. Eliminate things, you know, that are demands on your time that aren't absolutely necessary. If you are trying to volunteer and run a, a scout group and take your kids to a thousand different activities and hold down a job and take care of your house and handle this situation that you're in right now with an alcoholic husband, that is way too much. That is way too much. Give yourself some grace right now. Reduce the demands on your schedule. Reduce your expectations of yourself. Give yourself some grace regarding, you know, housework, uh, just, just anything in your life, any demands or expectations that you would normally put on yourself. If things were great, if things were quote unquote normal and there wasn't massive trauma and stress going on in your life right now, if, if those if those things could be taken care of in a normal situation, that's fine. But right now, we can't do that. We really have to scale down, declutter our world, give ourselves some grace, reduce the expectations that we have on ourselves, 
And like I said, do the things like unfollowing, unsubscribing. Anything that is not bringing you peace right now has got to go, at least for the meantime. So really do some, some looking into that. So that's four out of five. And you may be thinking, this all seems great, and I really wish I could do that. <laughs> but it also seems way, way, way easier said than done. Um, I've tried to have a relationship with the Lord. It's too hard right now. I've tried to detach. I keep getting sucked back in. I just can't seem to do it. I've tried to stay in my lane, but I just can't. Like, it just feels absolutely impossible. I don't, I can't actually make these things happen in my life. I've tried. Or maybe you haven't even gotten to the point where you've tried because you think there's no way. Just hearing you say it, there's no way that I could do that. I'm not there. Well, then let's talk about number five. We talked about not doing this alone. And the biggest part of that is to partner with the Lord. He is who can take this burden from you and who can give you rest in spite of your circumstances. But he also told us that iron sharpens iron, right? And what that means is that there are people who can support you through this. And the best people who can support you through this are people who have been there and people who truly get it. So if you, number five is get support and tools. If you feel like this is all much easier said than done, and you feel like there's just no way, or I've tried it and it's just hard and I'm just still struggling, then of course you've heard me mention the Secret Sister Circle. In there, we go way deeper into everything that we've talked about, one through four, and so much more. We have lessons on things like communication, letting go and letting God. Like you hear that and that's great, but how do you do that, especially in a situation like this where that almost feels completely impossible? Uh, the second lesson that I just released for the month of April is managing the roller coaster of emotions. We're up, we're down, we're happy, we're sad. You know, I talked about at the beginning, like even when we feel like things are good, we're still like waiting for the other shoe to drop all the time. This work that we do in the Secret Sister Circle can be life-changing. And if you don't believe me, I want you to go to my website. I want you to go to the Get Help tab. I want you to click on Secret Sister Circle membership, and I want you to scroll down to the testimonials because I'm not trying to brag on myself, but I want you to know that this is life-changing work. It can be potentially life-changing. And the reason why I'm so passionate about doing this is because this is what I needed. I needed this. I needed the support. I needed this direction. I needed this encouragement. I needed to hear something other than doom and gloom all the time. And that's why I created it. So if you don't do this, there are other options for you. You know, Al-Anon, things like that are great. But this is built for a Christian wife of an alcoholic. And if that is you and if you need support, I would love to have you in there. I'm running a promo right now if you haven't heard about it yet. In April, which is Alcohol Awareness Month, I am offering um, people who join the Secret Sister Circle in April and remain a member for two months. At the end of that second month, uh, you will receive my 30-day program absolutely free. I know that once you get to the end of that second month, you will see how beneficial this program is um, and that you'll want to stay after that, but you will have access to the program also at the end of the second month if you join in April. So again, I would love to have you there. Don't try to do this alone. I made that mistake and it was so, it was such a big mistake and I can see that now. And I feel like, you know, I I have to 
I have to take some responsibility for some of the way that things played out with my kids and, and, you know, other things in my life, my job, et cetera, because I didn't have help. And I just continued to let this pull me under day after day, week after week, month after month. And it didn't have to be that hard. There are tools available for you. And these were specifically designed for you, the Christian wife of an alcoholic. So please at least go to the sales page look at the the testimonials, get an idea of what um, it's about, how it can benefit you. Just take a look at it because it, it may resonate with you. And if it does, maybe God brought you there for a reason. I always encourage people to pray about joining because I pray on my side all the time. I want people to, I want God to bring me the people that he wants me to help. And so if you feel led to join, then it's quite possible that I've been praying for you. So just take a look when you have a second. So I hope that that has been helpful for you. I know that it feels so chaotic sometimes and that it just feels inescapable, but I want you to know that it's not. There is help and there is hope. So I thank you for listening as always, and I will see you next time. Quick question for you before I let you go today. Have you been to the Married to Addiction website? If you haven't, I would love if you would go pay it a visit. It's just marriedtoaddiction.com. And over there, you can see um, just a lot of different information about my podcast. There is a blog on there. There's some free resources for you. And there's also a few ways that you can actually get some help if you need a little more help and direction and support as you travel this difficult path with your addicted husband. So if you haven't yet, please go visit marriedtoaddiction.com. Thanks so much.